from grain to glass, this show is dedicated to helping you make the best beer possible. So strap in and hold on to your mash tons. We're Homebrew Bound. Welcome to Homebrew Bound. I'm Casey. And I'm Brian. How are we doing? And this is the best beer show on the internet. That's right. According to our mothers. Well, I mean, <laughs> yes. That is very important. Yeah, Rick is here again because uh, time works this way. And nobody else. It's <laughs> not the fullest studio we've ever No, had. yeah, this and is honestly, I think this is true. the biggest Homebrew it's, Bound uh, we've I think ever it is had. We sure. have seven people around yeah. the table. We don't have enough mics. For um, well, so you guys know Gordon. You know that voice. Hi, Gordon. Howdy. Uh, he's just yelling there. Um, I don't think Pete's been on here before, have you? Hello, everyone. Oh, Hello, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, Pete Pete's has been, been on. on. Yeah, yeah, during the Every Style Challenge. Yeah. Uh, and Carlos has shown up during that as well. It's been a while. Yep. Been a while. And we have Justin again. Hello. Yeah, he's there. Oh. If I turn Justin's mic on, we Maybe we don't. Again. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so today is kind of a, I mean, the reason we have so many people is because um, we are tasting a beer with the same recipe, water modified in one, not in the other, to see if people can taste a noticeable difference um, and which one they like better is kind of where we're going here. Um, and I'll, we'll talk about that in just a minute here. But first, I need to uh, do the ads because people need to, I guess, pay for things. That's an important thing. Uh, the American Homebrewers Association does a lot to support home brewing and home brewers, and now they support us. Joining the AHA will give you discounts at homebrew shops and select tap rooms, as well as give you access to the fantastic Zymergy magazine. Click on the referral link at the bottom of our homepage and join today. Also, if you'd like to support us more directly, head on over to patreon.com slash studios and become a patron today. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Black Belt patron Andy Thompson. If you'd like to be as awesome as him, go ahead and sign up on Patreon and and uh, you also get to see all of our beautiful faces on cams for shows like this. Well, that was just mean, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I kid. You know, uh, Andy, I got some, uh, we'll get some stickers coming your way as requested. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then if you're going to do Amazon shopping, head over to blindestudios.com. Click on the Amazon link above our homepage. Do your Amazon shopping as normal. We get a bit of a kickback from Amazon. And it's just kind of a fuck you to Bezos. So everyone likes that. Because mm -hmm. he's paying us, and we just told him to go fuck himself, so that's pretty great. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have here, so we'll kind of dive right in. Yeah, this, this episode came about, uh, I think, based on the the last time Justin was on, we decided to... Uh, you know, do a water episode, and mm -hmm. then and then I think I believe this experiment was uh, spawned from that. Yeah. So uh, we should probably talk about the non-modified one first, right? I guess is the the one we should taste first, or yeah, uh, thoughts. Yeah, well, I was just gonna see if I could figure. Okay, them out. so um, brew day on this, super fun. Uh, so when I started <clears throat> the non-modified one. The ambient temperature was minus 11. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So uh, there were some weird things that happened. Um, but uh, so recipe, uh, 10 pounds Maris Otter. Uh, oh, percentages. Let me grab percentages quick because we talked about that. Yeah, I should note also that um, we are all sitting here with uh, ubiquitous red solo cups. One of them is marked with an M and one is unmarked. I believe the M is for modified. Correct. I turned the M away from me and mixed them up, so I don't know which one's which. All one. right. <laughs> okay, uh, so percentages. 90% um, Maris Otter, uh, then about 7% uh, Carapils, and 2.5% uh, Acidulated Malt. Like, very, very simple. Um, and then uh, Citra. Uh, use 38 IBUs of Citra at 60, and nine, or about 20 IBUs at 15. No dry hop. Water, no dry hop. Okay. No dry hop. And then uh, did 1056 as the yeast. Perfect. Uh, with a one liter starter. Yeah, and you fermented these in your in your brand spanking new. I uh, sure did. I fermented them at 64 degrees the, Fahrenheit. Uh, SS Brewtech. Yeah. Fermenters. Some super fancy. They're bubbling away They're right now. Yeah, I can hear them. Yeah, they are pretty much my favorite new toy. Yeah, I really kind of want to get something. <laughs> they're super slick and they're shiny and they have lights and <laughs> yeah, they, they're very appealing looking, especially with all the lights. All right, um, yeah. So other things about the brew day on this one. Uh, let's see what seems. Oh, uh, had to extend the boil a little bit because of uh, there was no boil. 
because it was so cold it was just falling back in. Uh, and then I also added uh, 0.74 pounds of DME uh, for the last five points of gravity because I was boiling uh, too long. And I did that on the other one as well. So mm-hmm. I matched that. So I, I kept checking it, making sure. And then when it was about five points short, I added DME in. Oh, good call. Good yep. call. So there w- shouldn't be an issue there. Um, yeah, so this one finished out at about 10.10. Um, hit a original gravity of 10.60. That's nice and low for 10.60. Yeah. No All sugar. Right. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the non-modified. The modified one, uh, we took the BNS home water, as I call it, uh, which, if you want to know more about that, listen to the water episode, because I don't want to get too deep in on that. But we added... Uh, Four grams of gypsum per five gallon, or no, not four grams. Uh, what was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, was it four? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Four grams of gypsum uh, per five gallons, and one and a half grams of calcium chloride per five gallons for the modified. Uh, same thing there. Uh, do I have any horrific notes here? No. Um, or no. I'm sorry. So the unmodified finished out at ten twelve. The modified finished out at ten ten. That was something that I found very. Interesting. Well, Why, the, like that they finished out differently. Wouldn't the yeast have better nutrient to work better? My, One possibility know. could have got a slightly better conversion if you were checking your pH <clears throat> or where that was at. It, you know, the in theory the salts are helping with your conversion, so okay. that okay. actually would support that more than anything. Yeah. What was the mash temp on it? Uh, mash temp. I did them both at uh, one fifty eight. Yeah, there you go. It's good, good for a beer of this gravity. I think. Mm-hmm. What was yeah. the original gravity again? Uh, ten sixty. Okay. I forgot. Yeah, down to ten ten on. <laughs> it's pretty, that's what I was saying. Actually, it's yeah, pretty, pretty that's damn pretty good. good. All right. Uh, so yeah, let's talk beer, guys. Um, let's talk it. So you you have them both in front of you. Um, first, uh, you guys tasting a noticeable difference in the two? Actually, I'm yeah. Aroma is the first thing that hits me. I get uh, the Citra dankness that it's sometimes known for off the modified one and not the other one. I get a fruity aroma, but I don't. I mixed mine up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm completely useless because you can probably yeah, tell no, I'm, um, I'm under I, the weather. No, citrus sometimes get. I don't, I don't like using the word funky because it implies other things, but there's, there's yeah. this ripe fruit. Funkiness <laughs> that Citra can sometimes impart, and I get it off the modified, but not the unmodified one. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. Um. All right. So aroma. Uh. Yeah. So let's talk aroma. Are you, uh, Carlos, do you smell anything different in the two? My nose is not working. I'm not smelling anything. I'm getting like a little Jesus. something on the modified one, but I'm just not smelling anything at all. I am. <laughs> all right, uh, Pete. Yeah, I think there's a much bigger nose on the uh, the one with the M. Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't want to get into the flavor yet, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, I don't know. We'll it, a little bit more like, um, like malty almost in the, uh, the non M one. But all right, uh, you want to swing that mic over to Gordon there? And... I'm with Justin. Um, definitely more that what yeah what I would expect from a Citra hop on the modified. Um, you can still on the non mod or yeah on the modified on the non modified you can tell it's Citra, but it's just not as potent, I guess, mm-hmm. for lack of better words. Okay. Uh, Rick? Um, aroma. Aroma on the between the two of them is... I think I, I'm sensing a difference, but I don't know if it's really that much to me. Okay. So I'm not picking up too big of a difference. I think the unmodified one, the aroma seems a little bit more rounded than bright. Okay. Yes, if that makes sense. Other than that, I can't pick up a whole lot of difference myself. Right. And Brian, I would ask you, but your nose is not working. Man, I'm having, no, a, I'm having a rough time with this, um, and I'm hoping that you have this beer on tap for a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, It'll still be on next week yet. So. It tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm definitely uh, I'm going to have to agree with Justin. There's um, a clearer hop aroma in the modified one. The other one, um, it, I mean, it smells like all of my other homebrews have, like, just a little muted and something, that's something missing. Uh, all right, so now we'll, we'll talk about the uh, the important bit, the flavor. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, Justin, I guess we'll start with you again because it seems to work that way. Um, we're going to talk flavor and body. I get um, a little bit of... The, I, I pick up the chlorine on the unmodified one. Um, I know you didn't really do anything to strip it out, but I, I, I get the notes there. It's not okay. overpowering. I mean, sometimes you have, have water sources that it's just... You get you, the medicinal yeah. quality. Yeah. I, I don't with yours, but there's... It's a little bit in the aroma, definitely in the flavor, this kind of um, medicinal. But I, I don't want to confuse that because the fermentation is really clean. Um, it's a clean beer by all parts, but there's this... Thank you, SS Brewtech. <laughs> yeah, no, it, which is it's great to compare because it's it's not that there's any off flavors, but there's just this, um, like, uh, this the city water flavor to it. Mm-hmm. is the best way to put it, where the yeah. other one, it's gone. Um, well, this is, I mean, this is kind of what got us into this because, you yeah. know, it, I mean, uh, it's every time that Casey and I taste a beer, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say it every episode. Um, but you do. Well, I, I try I try not to <laughs> I say know, it. I know, I know. But it needs to be said. Every episode, you know, but it's like, well, what do you think of this, you know, homebrew that I made? And it's like, well, it, the, I can tell the water hasn't been treated, and that's what got us into this and, and I'd say in the first place. Body in the unmodified medium to light, where it's a solid medium in the other. There's just it's like one step higher or a half a step higher or something in in the body to the modified one. I think yeah. um, it's pretty apparent that affects the flavor. It just tastes a little more beer like. I know that's beery. not over descriptive, mm-hmm. but it has a more full beer flavor versus something that's uh, a little more watered down. Finish a little higher, so it's you know what i'm guessing what half a percent higher in alcohol i don't yeah so that could be affecting it too um flavor wise that citra dankness definitely carries through to the flavor the other one i get it it it, the other one's pleasant i get a good mix of grain and the hops um it's a little more balanced beer where this one definitely the modified one when i say this one has a more focus on the hop itself all right carlos do you, uh, yeah, do you do you pick up a big flavor difference on that? I'm yeah, I'm definitely picking up a difference. Uh, the modified one is like a lot more. The flavor's a lot clearer. Uh, it kind of tastes crisper to me. Okay. All right, Pete. Yeah, I would agree there. I'm, I'm getting a lot more sweetness out of the uh, unmodified. Um, but yeah, not as yeah the body like Justin was saying, not just really not there. Um, I mean, definitely big hop uh, improvement in the modified one. Sweetness is a good way to put it. I, I think my palate's broken because I get more hop character out of the unmodified, and the modified, to me, tastes more like I would expect out of a pilsner. I mean, there's I don't get any of the citra out of it, but I can smell the citra. I oh. think I know what's going on with it, though, because I initially had a similar thought, and I think it's because of the carbonation issue with the modified one. Oh, where it's not quite a... Yeah, yeah it's we more effervescent in the, the unmodified one, so you're going to get a little bit... Carbonic bite. Yeah. So I think... Because I was initially like, wait a minute, that's weird. And then I realized I think it's the carbonation, because the carbonation's lower in the modified one because of the foam issue. Yeah, the, the foaming tech. issue that we're having. Um, I think that's probably it, because that was the thing that I thought, too. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as, like, hop flavor, I get a better hop flavor out of the modified. Like, I get more of a hop or a bitterness bite out of the unmodified, and I think that's more with the carbonic acid, maybe, yeah. with, the, with the carbonation in solution. But I don't know. I, I like the the softer um, the, the softer on the palate of the modified. I'm not going to lie, because it's just more. Yeah, the, even, even in my state here with a little bit... Uh, Dimmed because uh, of my cold here. Uh, there's definitely uh, more of a bitterness character on the palate of the unmodified uh, versus yeah. the uh, modified. Definitely carries a softer quality. I think it does for sure. Um, the thing that I was thinking was, it's really. I thought it was really good that you used Maris Otter as the base because when I taste the unmodified, I can taste the Maris Otter a lot more than the modified because. It's not the it's balanced towards the hops on the modified. I would totally like to take credit for that, but that was all Justin. <laughs> <laughs> and, and actually, it it's not a. I don't think it's a mistake that you're picking out a little bit more softer notes on yeah. the modified one because remember you added 1.5 calcium chloride. Right, you saw. Oh yeah. So if yep. if you look at your initial ratio, you actually have I, I just crunched the math here about a 0.17 ratio. 
So you actually decrease the ratio. You're, you're still in the bitterness range, but you went from 0.17 to 0.31. So it's definitely going to be more focused on hop flavor and less bitter the yeah. way you modify right. it. So that maybe it's not the carbonation issue then. Maybe no, it, is. it has probably has more to do with... Yeah, okay. I, I, and I mean, with the citra beer, at least... I know we didn't really get in the specifics of how to do this, but it just the, the calcium chloride would, would help cover up some of the chlorine issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but doing that, it, exactly what you two guys are perceiving, it, it's going to be a softer, more hop flavor and a less bitter flavor the way that beer was made. So it's your sensory notes are kind of supporting what you modified. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely... I mean, I think it was really cool. I, I just like the Maris Otter idea because I think it demonstrates better than like two row because two row you're not going to taste a whole lot of it either way but the maris otter has like a more distinct flavor at least to me so in one i can taste it more than the other and i think that's interesting like i get more hop character out of the other all right but it's it's uh it's kind of cool it's cool tasting them side by side and knowing that they're brewed the same yeah. and everything and it's it really showcases how water does affect beer apparently it's an ingredient in beer i don't know (laughs) it's it's interesting i i never realized it without trying them side by side how much it would affect it like yeah uh, i figured it was like a smaller increase in quality i mean these are two different beers right like yeah completely different um uh so uh just kind of we'll 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 give Justin a break, and he doesn't have to go first on this one. Um, so, your which beer do you prefer? Just overall, um, do you prefer the modified or do you prefer the unmodified? Um, Brian, I gotta go with the modified. Just from a bit that set up before, just from the bitterness standpoint, I do like a nice bitter IPA, but I don't really think this one should uh, carry. It's a, I mean, this is this is more like pale ale. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, high end of the pale ale, but stark bitterness, like old school, like a double IPA or anything like that. So, yeah, uh, Rick, what do you think, man? Um, yeah, I'm gonna go modified as well. I I think that it's the bitterness thing for me too. I like that it's still bitter, but it's like a softer bitterness. It's it's kind of I I don't know why I always think of this stuff in shapes. But it feels like grounded. <laughs> I like shapes. Well, I don't man. know. I don't know why. You're like Aziz like Ansari that. in that episode of Parks and Rec, where he's like, "I don't know what it is, but I like the shapes." Yeah, like when they're well, cutting maybe. the things. <laughs> but when I taste when I taste the unmodified, it feels like sharper. The bitterness, like a corner, like it feels just sharper, and this feels more rounded, like yeah. a little softer, and. It's it's easier to get down. Like it's not uh, this unmodified one is still good. We're we're talking about like yeah, it's a noticeable difference, but it's not like this one sucks and this one's good. Like you're not gonna get that much difference, I wouldn't expect. But it's not super like super better, but I do prefer it because of that, I think. And because I think that the hot flavor is cleaner in it. Um it's just kinda like it's a better showcase of what you have in there, Gordon? I like the unmodified. I, I like that kind of that sharp bitterness bite that it has to it. Okay. Oh. Ah, no, you're not wrong. No, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. I think that you should uh, modify your water moving forward. I okay. have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, modified no, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so since actually 2019, I don't think I've brewed a beer besides the unmodified one without modified water. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good, good. All right, I took well. I took the lessons to heart. <laughs> <laughs> I need to I need to learn more because I've been modifying it, but I don't know if I've been doing it like all the way. So there's a really good episode of Homebrew Bound that you should listen. I to. actually listened to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually did listen to it, and I had my Easy Water calculator out, and I was listening, and I was like, Yeah, okay, I see what that is. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to like learn. <laughs> As I was listening, also read the water book. It's I've, I've, it's super dense. I'm almost um, done with the yeast one, so then I'm moving to the water. So one it's I mean yeah I like yeah so I've I went down a spiral. I reread the hops book when we were doing the hop series, and then mm-hmm. I read the water book, uh, then I read the malt book, and now I'm starting the yeast book. 
So far, the malt book is my favorite, just like style of writing. Yeah. Oh, the water the book is so dry. The style of writing in the well, you think that it wouldn't uh, be so dry. Book, it's like <laughs> you think like, it'd be a little wet. Yeah. Well, in the malt book, he's like, "Let me take you on a journey back in time." Like, yeah. And it's so like great to read. It almost feels like I don't like. It's just it's like a immersive like yep. experience. Well, and so like the and yeast book is uh, it's Zanishef and white white yeah white and yeah, and that white and that one guys. has been super entertaining so far because like anytime like i really liked uh like brewing or was it brewing classic styles yeah. Santa chef's book and so like i like his writing style yeah and so like i can tell the bits that he wrote versus what <laughs> i guess i i guess i'd have to pay more attention when i go yeah. through it uh carlos uh i would say the modified is noticeably better yeah yeah would you uh would you take the unmodified one and pour it down the drain and put the peanut butter one on instead? Uh, is that an option? <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's an option. I don't get to say this. I mean, it's not. It's not. Th- it's not terrible. But I mean, I could really go for some peanut butter. I don't get to say this on this show. I get to say it on DOO. But uh, that was classic, Carlos. Right there. <laughs> it was <laughs> classic. It really was a lot. <laughs> All right, uh, and then Justin. Uh, modified, which, you know, most of you probably have thought I would say that anyway. I, I do really like, actually, the extra bitterness in the unmodified one. I, I do, too. I don't have a problem with that. No, but... <laughs> I just, when I was presented with the both of them. So, if... Oh. So, how would you, uh, I guess, just add a bigger, bittering 60-minute uh, edition? Uh, like increase the IVs there, or... I mean, yeah, you could... There's, or there's just two ways. use you, less you calcium over, chloride. You could overpower there, or, well... Just play with the ratio. I mean, if you if you if your water was essentially starting at one seven, um, you could probably I'm just shooting from the hip, but you could probably bump that gypsum to five and drop the calcium core to like one. Uh, so uh, what I did with my double IPA, because you might find this interesting, um, double IPA, because I was looking for a higher uh, bittering WIP water. Here we go. I did six on the gypsum and one on the calcium chloride for a very bitter. Well, and uh, you should probably, I guess, keep this in mind with your natural water. You naturally have a five to one. Mm-hmm. So anytime you go less than that, it's going to be perceived as less than what you're used to. So as long as you keep it out at that ratio or up it, it'll be equal or more bitter. Okay. You know, quote unquote yeah, bitter. Yeah. So, um, but I, I just, you know, I, I've, I've been very focused, especially at the brewery of the difference between when people talk hoppy, are you talking hop, <clears throat> hop flavor? And I try to associate or hoppy hop with bitterness. that or bitterness and flavor tends to carry a lot more, at least with the beers we make and with the whole trend towards hazy, juicy beers. Oh, are you beers. talking about those fucking hazy ideas? No, <laughs> not just that, but I mean, if, if you're going to use hops <laughs> that have all these flavor, yeah. People should be able to taste them. Exactly. You can still make a great beer with bitterness, and we make double IPAs that do that, but you can treat your water to accent different things. Just know if your baseline is, you know, five to one, if you go less than that, it's going to perceive, be perceived as a circle and not a triangle. Right. <laughs> In Rick's world. No, it's a good it, it, Actually, I, I get that. It, it makes sense. Well, I'm yeah. I'm glad you understand what I'm saying, because I, I was thinking, like, I thought he was special. This is going to be really dumb sounding. <laughs> well, well, no, I just, there, there's not a good, um, or, or rather. It's hard to describe. Com- common language. Uh, you know, of of describing beer, it's it's really hard. And, yeah, and and the, we we have a common language, but the general public doesn't carry the same common language. And so, if it works for you to to in your head to describe it to yourself as a, a shape, then that's fine. Because I absolutely still quietly in my mind have those things, but now I have a vocabulary. So it's right. Yeah, you know, whatever you gotta do. Um, well, everyone should just use shapes. Then I. Then I can, <laughs> well, maybe you should write a book. Yeah, Rick, <laughs> I'll write a book using shapes to describe flavors and smells. You need to. Uh, this one tastes. You need to octagonal. come up with a better. Is there gonna be any spider graps? Spider graps. Spider graps. Spider graps. <laughs> spirographs. Man, I am not spider graphs. That, that would make no spirographs would make sense. Sp- then, actually, <laughs> <laughs> those are the graphs with dragons, right? No, this. Yeah. Yeah. 
noise of them. The spear tastes like a spiral. Like right. a kid's toy with a circle? Um, I actually did have a question to ask Justin quick, because it is related to this thing. Um, so in the easy water calculator, I came across something that I was just, like, confused by, and that's um, adding the salts to the mash water and the sparge water, and then there's the thing where you can be like, nah, I'm not doing that, and just add it to the mash. And so my question is, why? Like, what's, what, what is the purpose oh, of doing that? That actually kind of gets into a little bit of, well, pH stuff that we're talking about, salting the mash and... Yeah. yeah. Well, no. Well, yeah. Just, okay. Well, yes and no. The the simplest answer is you have to think there's a lot of different homebrew systems out there. Mm-hmm. And if someone's using this calculator to make a 10 gallon batch, but they don't, you know, they're they're talking, they have five gallon whatever. It's it just, it, it's really how, where that water. Uh, that's, that's a really horrible sentence, but it's like where the water's coming from. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the system itself, there's a lot of different homebrew setups. So, well, it, so what Justin's saying is that you would only put the salts in both if you were using untreated water in the sparge. Yeah, does that make or, sense? Or here, here's another good example. So the system I used to use, I had a big reservoir that I would use both the mash and then the sparge would come out of the same reservoir essentially sure so i'd pull off how much i would need for the mash let the mash go and i, I kind of had a tower set up yeah so then i i drain out the mash then i'd add water back in so i was basically forced to salt my sparge otherwise it would have been un. i was cutting it in half yeah if i would have just you know added the salt into the mash but they yeah. don't you i would never do that you should always salt the water because if you add the right. salts to the mash you're never gonna get that. You're, you're not gonna get it mixed enough, especially yeah. on our, uh, if what we're working with yep. is 15 to 18 barrels. But it, but if you want to get deeper, on a yeah, pro there, level, there are, there are reasons for adding to the mash because it could carry through, like Casey said. And well, so and I understand like that, but I'm I'm talking about like, so I put salt in my mash water and then I get more water out of the tap for my sparge. Should I be adding salts? Should I add all the salts to the mash water, or should I add salts to both? You should add the salts before you put it in the mash. No, yeah, I'm not talking about adding salts to the mash. I'm talking about adding it to the water before it goes into the mash, and then adding it to the sparge water before it goes into sparge. Yes. Yeah. You yeah, probably should. I, I would look at the, you know, if, if we're talking specifically the easy water calculator, mm-hmm. and if you look at the whole mash plus sparge, it's like the section in bold on the calculator. Yeah. If you're just adding to the one, you know, what you could do is is double your additions to the mash and then mm-hmm. add nothing to the sparge, but you really could mess up your conversion there. Especially, right. You know, depending on the beer style, you could really fuck that up. Right. Um, so you, you the, the short answer is yes, you should you should probably add to both. Okay, I've been adding to both. I was just confused and I I thought that made sense to add to both because you like if you add all of it to the mash, now you're not getting what you're trying to get. So I, th- I think a good rule of thumb is use the same water throughout the process. Yeah, if you, for, if, for a recipe. If you can um, get a hot liquor tank, yeah. as we say, or I mean, if that doesn't make sense to folks, um, it's just a big a um, tank of hot tank water. Of hot water. Um, it's another one of those antiquated brewing terms. Sure. Uh, the, the, the thing that confused me was that that option exists to not do that. And I was just like, "What is the application of that? Like, what do you what are you doing where you're salting the mash and then not salting or salting the mash water and then not salting your sparge water?" Like, I don't. know. I mean, honestly, okay. I, yeah. I, 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 know, I don't so, have a good answer. I just so wonder if someone knew like a good reason. If you're if, if you're like some if you're salting purely for conversion, mm-hmm. like if you're not looking for any flavor additions, if you're just trying to get your your pH in the right area, then it makes sense to just salt what you're striking with. Okay, that makes um, sense to me. Because then you're doing the conversion and... But there's, I mean, why would you want to do that? You just use acid malt. Well, I, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that in a second. Yeah, I suppose you're right. But, uh, but no, for, for Rick's scenario... Right, fair. Like that's that. I think I okay. think that's why you would do that. That makes sense. Put it, I just put, put I it. just uh, wanted to know if someone knew like a there's this big thing that I have missed. And I, don't I would know take about. a step back and think of it this way. One, the context this is in it's a spreadsheet, so right. you, you you have to have cells for each one. Yeah, and then two, this is designed by. Um, you know, I, I know John Palmer has a hand in it, but mm-hmm. I, I, for, I I should give credit to actually Kai. I think Kai something. Um, 
drafted up. I mean, these guys are clearly extremely detail orientated. Yeah. Sometimes the answer is as simple as we just wanted to give people the option. Sure. There may not even be a good reason for doing it, but yeah, makes sense. Here's if you look at the way it's laid out, it's literally every step, mm-hmm. and you see the math behind every step too. So yeah, and that's well, that's why I like using it. It's cool because I can see everything. But yeah, I just brought it up because I was confused. Like maybe there's some big thing with this that, you're that missing. I'm missing. Yeah. And it, and the if the the answers there's not, then that's cool because I've been doing it just like salting both the waters to make sure but i didn't know if there was something going on so no that makes sense all right well should we talk about mash ph i feel like yeah. that's something that we should kind of dig talk about into what now uh so <laughs> you, got a, you got a couple of dum-dums over here right, that so don't know actually what the hell no, you're talking guys, about. please uh please chime in with any questions that you have about what we're talking yeah what about. are we talking about yeah, we, <laughs> so we got uh hollywood over there let's start off with describing ph levels <laughs> oh, there's a scale that runs from 0 to 14. And, right, 14? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I had that right. It's true. There's some interesting stuff with, like, negative pHs that exists, but that's really doesn't well, apply. Well, there's also there. imaginary numbers, and we're not going to talk about those today. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, just, well, I just recently read an article, and it was like, what about negative pH? And I was like, what? <laughs> and I read an article, and I totally didn't understand what it was, but it's basically, like, quantum pH stuff. Like really weird. It's stuff. both an acid and a base until you like, look in the box. I think well, that yeah, might throw like, off those. Well, that might, <laughs> that's basically what it said. Is it like circles around the back right. side? Anyway, of the that scale is way somehow. off off topic. It would also completely throw off those calculations. Yes. Wait, so, so mash pH. That's all right. Yeah. So about? mash. So um, for Pizza. new listeners or the people in the room who don't know, the mash in the uh, so mash. What we're talking about is when you take the grains and then. They're crushed and like basically you're grist your recipe and then you put the water in and you wait for an hour until you get your wort. That's that's what we're talking about for mash in in the most basic amount of terms. Uh, a lot of science happens in there. But we're not going to dig too deep into the specifics of what. Well, actually, we are. <laughs> well, I mean, I believe you. Yeah, Please, the, we're the, here to do the, it. The first piece of why we care has to do with improved enzyme activity during the mash, then that leads to better conversion of the starches and sugars. Now, we can look at it this way. It's, you know, you chop up sugar chains into smaller digestible pieces so that the yeast can metabolize them, okay? The ones that they don't metabolize, that's what, what gives us body in beer, okay? The body in the sweetness that you're tasting. And the sweetness, correct. So what Pete was talking about earlier, this one's a little sweeter, etc. That's why. It didn't Meat. attenuate as much. Yes. The yeast didn't eat as much. So when we were, you know, most I think most of the people listening know when we attenuate a little higher, say 1012 as opposed to 1010, then a little bit uh, looking at a little bit sweeter of a beer. So mm-hmm. all right. Um, and then the second thing is a lower pH in the finished wort uh, will improve yeast health, which is very important because happier the healthier the yeast, the happier the yeast, the better fermentation you're going to get. Um, and it'll also inhibit bacteria growth, which is also good because nobody wants icky bugs in their beer unless you put it there on purpose. <laughs> All right, um, and then uh, also uh, for our hop heads out there, improved hop extraction rates in the boil. So you're going to get better yield out of your hops if you have a better mash pH. Yep, better so, yield, and then when we were talking about the modified versus un- unmodified, you know, there was some some talk about how one had a more distinct bitterness quality and one was a bit softer. Yeah. So is there ever times like you want to be more careful with your pH because you're adding in bugs that you want to stay in there? Interesting. Actually, that's a good question. I don't think so. Not. I mean, even from a sour brewing perspective, if, if you're getting into some, sorry, get closer to the mic. If you're getting into um, some kettle sours and things like that, where you're relying simply on the technique in your system, that pH, pH is going to be pretty integral. But otherwise, if you're talking sour the PDO and anything else over time is going to get you down there. It's not as yeah. So yeah, it's aside from hard. aside from a sour mash. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's to answer your question. No, um, the conversion needs a, a pH of five point two to five point six to perform at its optimum. You know, optimum level. Optimum level. Mm-hmm. 
Um, another piece to this is better protein and polyphenol precipitation during the cold break. Which and we talked about two weeks ago in yeah, our haze episode. We did, yeah. So um, polyphenol not only is a an aroma ring, it's also a protein mm-hmm. uh, piece. And it has a socket. Mm-hmm. Or no, no, the proteins have a socket that the polyphenols plug into. Plug into, so that they yep. use that as a substrate in, sen- in a sense. All right, uh, and then improved clarity in the finished beer with reduced chill haze because of the better protein and polyphenol precipitation. Uh, and then improved flavor and clarity stability as the beer ages, again, because of the protein and polyphenol uh, issue. So, like, this, like, having your mash pH is going to write, is going to improve your beer markedly, especially if you're making uh, consistently cloudy beers. You're going to hit this point where if you improve your mash pH, you're going to see a difference. Even if you don't start using Irish moss or gelatin or something like right. that. So, this, so this this ranks up there. I mean, I, we, we are absolutely um, talking about, you know, this. we did this water episode. Now we've tasted these beers and we've discovered, yeah, they're drastically different when you treat your water. Now, treating your, your mash uh, and and making sure that the pH is correct is is up there with water. I wouldn't say it's as important, but it's, I th- it's I think, pretty... <laughs> no, actually, I think it's, it's, it's more important. Okay. But the beauty of it is, for most beers, this really isn't an issue. Mm-hmm. Most beers, when, when you're making, especially darker beers or anything with more than, um, you know, 10% caramel malts, you're yeah. going to get in that range anyway. So while it's off people's radar, because most beers are going to naturally get in that range... If right. you don't, you will fuck up what you're doing. Well, so tell tell us, like, when you, you adjust all the water for the brewery, when you're adjusting the water for dark beers, is there, you know, what's the difference? It's sometimes trickier. Um, it, 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 it's trickier and, and easier. Is it because of the roasted malts drop your pH? Or? Yeah, you, mm-hmm. you actually have to be careful you don't get too low in some cases. Um, it really becomes more of an exercise in almost uh, flavoring, cooking. I mean, it, it, you kind of have to have a culinary mindset of your, your salting a meat, not to taste the salts, but to taste the meat and to enhance make it, it better. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Which is part of the reason we use the term brewer's salts. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's... It, a lot of it has to do with how much acidulate we add because the this calculator in particular takes that into consideration too. Um, so anytime you're doing a darker beer, anything with roasted malt or darker caramel malts or a, a decent chunk of even mid-caramel malts, really be careful on how much uh, how much acidulated you're adding, if any. So I, uh, and we're going to talk about this in the adjusting mash pH, but how do you feel about adding acid malt waiting to add acid malt until you take a pH reading and then adding to build up I, to that? I would do both at least. I would at least have a rough idea of where that acid malt's going to get you based on your beer so you have some in there because the reality is that first 10 to 15 minutes of that mash, most of the conversion happens in that range. So by the time you get a pH, remem- get a pH remember reading. to take a pH reading, <laughs> get the reading, get react, you know, react to it. You've eaten up most of that good time. Right. And, and that's why the, the argument to, to mash in your dark grains or mill in your dark grains first um, and then put the rest on top of it and then get a good mix going. I always Which, thought it was the other way around. You wait in, on your darks. No. It, no. You no. get that pH down, chop, okay. chop. But then you know, this is... There's a very specific caveat to that. I, I know right. certain brewers and certain styles, they'll actually hold their dark malts and add them in the boil in a bag or do things like that, especially if you're talking like black IPAs or things where you have a where, dark color. Well, this you, is you, an, where you don't want the roast character. It's, it's but you an want astringency the piece. Yeah. But, you know, again, malt, malt is highly modified these yep. days, and so right. you don't do a 120-minute mash anymore. And then, you know, dark malts, you can get a de-husked, like, Carafa yep. one two three special which we've talked a lot about right but the, the reason the reason yeah. I, <laughs> uh, the reason I even mention that it's not to you know talk to those people specifically but is it's to specifically state all that much more reason for at least addressing some acidulated in the initial mash right away and then if you want to go that route you can think about correcting but um you know, if you're going to correct, you're probably a, a little, this is really should be knowing what you're doing at that point, but you could always add in a little bit of acid yourself, a little bit of lactic or, and we're going to yeah. get to that in a second. Ah, sorry. I, sorry. Okay. sorry, Justin, That's, I want to, I want to get, uh, like, so I want to talk about testing your mash pH before we get into how to modify it. Got it. Um, so testing is important. Like don't use strips, get a digital tester. 
Um, strips are useless. The oh, strips sorry. I tried and <laughs> like I added like a half ounce of lactic acid to some water to test them and see what would happen to like six gallons of water. And it went from like this not enough acid, and then to the, all the, the acid was like it's it's white now, and I'm like, what is this a pH of one? Negative you, one. What are you doing here? Like, <laughs> I was so confused, and it didn't work at all. Like yeah. they did not. No, yeah. So get help. get a digital tester. Yeah. Even like they're not going to run you too much, and if you care, like, and it's going to last <clears throat> you. It's it's a one time purchase. It's not right. a big deal. Well, you can get like the really expensive one. I have like a cheap one from Amazon mm-hmm. that. It still works, actually. It gets me in the range. It's well, it was interesting because uh, one of the guys at the Homebrew Club has like the expensive like Milwaukee one, and he brought it over and tested it, and we tested them side by side, and his was more accurate, but it wasn't like mine wasn't terribly far off. It was good enough to where I was like, I want to get down to around five point four, so I know I'm like in the right range, and then if. Eventually, I'd like to get more expensive one to get exactly where I want to yep. be. But for like a first step, and like I think it was twelve bucks, not too bad. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so and that uh, we need our mash to be between five point two and five point six. That is where we want it. Like, right. do you guys shoot for the lower end or just in the middle at the brewery, or just in that Usually range? Five somewhere? four to five five. I say in in the range. In the range, if you know, yeah, yeah, okay. Now I wasn't sure if you guys were shooting for a specific number or just somewhere in there. No, I mean, I mean, we've got a, a window within that. I'd say we go for okay, but it, it, it doesn't really get beer specific or anything like that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then the one step that I've seen a lot of home brewers miss, and I initial when I first started doing it before I started looking into it, uh, I missed is. Make sure you cool your mash sample. <laughs> yeah, it, that, that goes. Without you, you can't saying. just shove that thing in the in the in the mash tun. It doesn't work. The, the, the <laughs> same thing with testing your um, wort gravity. Yep. Uh, yeah, you got you got to bring her down, so. um, and then make sure you calibrate your yeah, pH calibrate. Uh, your pH meter with a buffer solution. Uh, buffer materials cheap, like. Just get it off Amazon, and then like so you have a known like use distilled water, put the buffer solution in it, and then you have a known thing that you can calibrate your. Yeah, we uh, calibrated. We we calibrate every day, or at least when I was brewing every well, day. I mean, every time you have to use it, I think you have to calibrate every day. Yep. Uh, and then make sure like read the instructions on your pH meter. Some of them need to be stored in buffer solution. Some of them are fine stored dry. Like make sure you read. Like how to the sensors take care typically of it. need even I'm even the, the mid range ones. Sure, all of them need to be stored in buffer <laughs> solution. Yep, they yeah. can't dry out, and the sensors have to be replaced after about a year, even on the mid range ones. So yeah, just read the instructions. Read the instructions and follow them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, so then uh, there's a thing you can do with your mesh called an acid rest. Um, which the typical range for, range for an acid rest is between 95 and 113 degrees, or 35 and 45 degrees Celsius. Um, at this temperature, the enzyme uh, phytase breaks down a molecule called phyton and releases phytic acid, which lowers your mash pH. Um, so at, phyton words. Right? <laughs> uh, so at the commercial level, do you guys, like, mess with acid rests or anything like that? Depends on the beer. Okay. So some you'll do one just to... Uh, it really depends on the beer. And then, I don't know, there's some, you know, an, a ferulic and acid rest. You can, you know, that that's another way to accentuate, you know, POF plus yeast strains, honestly. Okay. Um, so, it, like, it, it just depends on the beer. All right. It starts becoming kind of system dependent. I mean. Yeah, that too. If you're, if you're batch sparging, it's, or, like, if you're doing, like, the cooler mash tun and batch sparging in there, it's very hard to do a rest. Yeah, like, and, and you have to keep in mind, and, you know, uh, on a large system, but large, like, in professional or, or even a small, large one, you have temperature changes as you move that that wort and yeah. the, the grain over to the water kettle and it kind of happens naturally just in the process. Okay. So you don't have to specifically yeah. worry about it. Not All right. Oh, yeah, so if you want to do that, you can do that and you can probably 
well, do you think you would get a huge uh, pH change from doing an acid rest, or do you think it'd be pretty minor? Minor. I think it'd be minor. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, don't, I don't think it's something to. All right. So let's talk about adjusting the pH. Like, kind of on the fly in the mash tun, you take your sample and you realize you're too low or too high. <clears throat> um. Like there's there's a few so if you need to adjust it up there's a few things you can add um, lime being one basically yeah. anything basic you're looking for yeah. a base to bring that up so you can add lime you can add baking soda you can add chalk um, is there anything else that you could do to change that to bring it up or bring it down bring it up uh, bring it up I'm talking on the upside. And is up really like? Is that something that you guys have run into much? No, not around, Never. especially not, around here because no, we have so much water. limestone. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> our 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 brewery is in a limestone is wall, wedged <laughs> into a limestone hill. <laughs> <laughs> so no, <laughs> should be good. Yeah, right. no. uh, right. what, as far as adjusting it down, you've got a few options, and that's obvious. Uh, number one is acidulated mold, yep, and acidulated. I think that's everybody's favorite. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I've been building some acid, like acid malt into a lot of my recipes, though. I've learned I need to be very careful because I've undershot a couple of times and gone a little too far. Uh, <laughs> so, but... I also like to keep it on hand if I'm... So if, if I'm too low, can I just take some acid malt and kind of throw it in the mash tun and... Yeah. Um, it, it gets or too back, high. Well, yeah. Too high, if you're yeah, too yeah, high, yeah. you can, yes. Um, it just gets back to how efficient is that going to be? I mean, a lot of these calculations, if you're talking, okay, I added four ounces, it's going to drop it by this many points. That's all done with that in from the beginning. Yeah. So... It, you're not going to get the efficiency out of it, okay. but yes, it, it will work. So, well, and remember, and when 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 should I take my pH uh, test? Like, uh, take it right away, especially if you're going to try to adjust it. I would do, you, do. I when I was there was there was a phase of my homebrewing. I did it quite a lot. I would do right away, ten minutes, and then twenty minutes, um, and adjust accordingly. If you're going to adjust to be after the 10, after 20, I just kind of assumed there's it's very over. little like Yeah, because remember what Justin yeah. said. Most of your conversion happens within In the, the first, first 15, mm-hmm. 20 minutes. So, so And right away, like I feel like that reading can't be super reliable because things are still trying still to work. Like, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's a mix together. But, but yeah, yeah. Yep, it, but it's I, I have OCD and took prestigious crazy notes on everything. So, <laughs> All right. Um, and then... You can add acid. Uh, one of the, like, a few of the sites I was looking at said phosphoric acid, and that seems terrifying. No. <laughs> it's I, it's, that's, it's diluted. You're like, not... You know. Okay, okay, diluted it's, phosphoric it's, acid. They're it's such a Food low... We, we used to get it in, in gallon jugs. I mean, or we used to. I should say we have it in gallon jugs. What am I talking about? I, I, I keep, like, I don't brew every day anymore, so... Well, I mean, we have... Phosphoric, or I mean, lactic. The the only see, the, the, I'm getting ahead, but um, phosphoric. Yeah, that's. Well, um, I mean, we're an acid. You can talk about lactic too. Sh- sure. So the two that you know we, we'd want to talk about here to get the pH down are phosphoric or lactic acid. But the only thing you'd kind of worry about with the lactic is getting that lactic flavor in there, which you know it's a spit in a pond, I guess, and so whatever. But um, yeah, if if you had to correct more, phosphoric's the way to go. But there's mm-hmm. it's it is even diluted stage a little more risky acid. Lactic's a little yeah. safer to handle. Um, but if you use too much, you're going to get some off flavors. Right. It is good to keep the lactic around if you're doing kettle sours and they don't get to where you want. Then you can. I have that in the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, also, like when you're using these acids, make sure. Wear safety goggles. Yeah, put some protection and gloves on. So I was going back to the acidulated malt though. Is I was reading like three percent is the most you should put in. Is that correct? What is there like some common knowledge on that or is no? Is that three percent? Hang on. I think so. And I got that from Radical Brewing. Was where that figure came from. (laughs) I love that book. That's a great. That's an oldie. So, so do you do you mean do you mean of the total weight of the mash, or are you yeah. talking about the strength of no the three percent of the mash? Oh, I would was even, what he said. I wouldn't even go that high. No, one to two percent. Right, it was it was said as like a maximum. Like, don't just throw three percent in. No, right? no, yeah, but don't go over. Well, it. 
the practical reality is if you were throwing more than 3% in, you're going to mess with the pH so much, you're going to right. You're going to throw off the conversion. Right. Yeah. So it, it's just sort of a, a, a you know, a stark line of if you throw more than this percentage in, your conversion is going to be so messed up. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that's, I mean, I just wanted to. That I, being said, I think I did 4% or f- I, uh, I could look it up and tell you, but I, I did do a. Uh, a kettle sour essentially that then I actually soured that I did at four to five percent. Okay, converted, um, yeah. but I didn't really care about the base beer because it all went in a barrel and threw in a bunch of other. Yeah, stuff. we're not we're not talking about everyday brewing here. No, right, higher yeah. percentage than that. So one one to two. So all right. So besides acidulated malt or acid, you can also salt your mash with uh, calcium sulfate or calcium chloride to bring your pH down. Um, have you done? Any like at the homebrew level or the commercial level, have you done any like mash salting like that? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, yep. We've actually also done kettle salting, which is another whole. Yeah, that's new. Thing. We we need to do an entire episode <laughs> on that because that's that's one of those new tech. Or well, I don't know if it's new, but it's it's, it's new, new to, to me. Us, and, honestly, yeah. yeah. And I just heard about it the, about the same time you guys did with yeah. that uh, with that Sierra resilience. Nevada recipe yeah and i wonder how long they've been kettle salting i think they just threw it up there and they're trolling everyone <laughs> could be <laughs> we're gonna throw this in here and just see how many breweries start see talking. how many people just start like <laughs> salting in the kettle they they sent us a nudge and they were like stop serving it on this day and then give us our money by this day <laughs> so all right um so yeah i mean that's kind of mash ph in a nutshell um justin is there anything that we didn't cover that you think that we should touch on no, I think you did a great job covering everything. All right. Um, and is there so if if you had like two tips to give to a home brewer out there regarding their mash pH, what would they be? Specifically, the pH. Um, read first. Um, it, it's definitely it, it's definitely something that most beers it's happening naturally. It's good to be aware of it, but educate yourself first before you get caught up in trying to correct or track it. And then if you're going to go down that road, get put a, put a little investment into a good pH meter. You don't know, buy I, the I, cheapest one on Amazon. No, but, but 12, <laughs> 12 bucks. I mean, yeah, don't, don't buy something that's going to break on you quicker or have mm-hmm. a backup one. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but get a decent pH meter before you start trying to correct or who knows what you're actually correcting. Don't use strips. Do not use strips. No. <laughs> strips are for high school when nobody actually cares and you're just trying to get a grade. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> strips will tell you how it's going to hurt you, not what it needs to convert. You know, that yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a danger Will Robinson versus this is what you need to do to fix your It's, it's the big flashing, like, klaxon going yeah. off. Like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> strips are, are great for checking your pool pH. They're, well, not, well, they're well. not for your beer. <laughs> on. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in this week. And Justin, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having again, me. And uh, giving us just more water nonsense. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> nonsense. Well, I mean, it makes sense, but it's a lot of nonsense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, if you guys have any questions, <laughs> comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and shoot us an email at feedback at blindnessstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blindnessstudios. And we'll follow, or follow us on Twitter at blind underscore ninja. And I'll see you guys next week. Peace. Bye.